Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Tonight is of course a Shkedish Adar Sheni. Aleph the Rishkedish or Lamid Lamid Adar Aleph Adarishin. Happy birthday for all those birthday boys. Um, <laughs> it's a, a phenomenon. Your birthday is Lamed Other. You don't have many birthdays. So enjoy the one you've got this year. Uh, I happen to know two. We're not going to enumerate them. I don't think either of them appreciate it. But happy birthday, Mishav Langi Gazunta of course, like every week, Shia Lira Nishmas, Eliza Shlamis. Refuel Shlema for Shal Halevi bin Simcha. Say Shachir Yisrael. So we have an interesting Shabbos comes up. The leading days up to Shabbos, we have Thursday and Friday, Arish Chedish. Simcha Yedela, Shchedish, Shchedish, not Slam, Shchedish, Shchedish, other not Slam, Shchedish, other Shchedish, other Shani. We've been celebrating Mishnechnas, other Marabim Besimcha already for 30 days, and now we are starting another 30 days, another 29 actually, because Shchedish Nissan is always one day. So Shreyas Nis will be on Shabbos, and Ir will be on Sunday, Monday. Shreyas Nis itself is always a one day, and the only time Shreyas other has 30 days is when there's two others. Because Shreyas other always has two days. Um, I would love to explain the science behind it, unfortunately I'm not capable of it. So then we have Thursday and Friday the Shchedish Simcha, Shchedish Adar, such joy. And then we let down, Shabbos is Yisra Shchedish, Shabbos is nothing. So the Ebishter helped us, and this Shabbos is Pashas Pekudei, Shabbos Chazak. Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazik. Shabbos where the entire shul calls out Chazak. So almost another letdown that we have is that last Shabbos was Pashish. Golem, there were two Sefer and this Shabbos is only one Sefer So not enough of disappointment coming off Rish Chedish, we're being let down by only one, one Sefer But in Yetzir Hashem, the next following Shabbos, with Pashish Zacher, which is the Shabbos prior to Purim. And we'll discuss that match from next week. The not so great news is that Wednesday, in two weeks from tonight, unfortunately, I don't believe there'll be a shear due to a Purim interruption. But there will be Megillah readings and celebration. So, to all the listeners that are here in New York or want to come to New York, Join us, by all means. Or join somewhere, wherever you are. 
and make sure you hear the Megillah at night and by day. Pasha's Chazak. Favorite time for many children. They await this. They wait the moment when the Chazan, fin- the Balkeda finishes the Pasha. They all scream out, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. But then again, it's not something that any child outgrows. No child outgrows that. Everyone, no matter how small or how big they are, they call out Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak with that same fervor they did when they were little, little boys or girls. It still stays on with them. The Chazak, the strength that we get each time we finish a Chumash. Now technically we would think the end of the Chumash it almost sounds like something sad. We're finishing a Chumash. It's a Chumash we want to learn from. Teira Lashen Heira We have a lesson of Teira. Of everything that we that is written in the Teira is a lesson in our daily life. And now, one of these svarim, one of these books, is completed, comes to an end. How sad is that? But yet we don't say sad, we don't mourn Chasashalom over it. Just the opposite. We cheer it on. Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. To strengthen and to become stronger. How glorious, how beautiful it is. Yet we look at the end of the Chumash and we need to figure out, we need to see the connection, the direct connection, the end of the Chumash with the beginning of the Chumash. Now there have been Shirim prior on Pashas Pekudei, which I'm sure you can check on the archives. For those who have listened already on the archives, or for those of you who have great memories, and you remember me saying it prior. Pasha Pekudei has a very, very interesting ending. The Anana Kavit comes over at the Mishkan and conceals, it hides the entire Mishkan. Yeah. Conceals the Mishkan. It's hidden. Teaching us a very important lesson. A life lesson. The entire Chumash talks about, begins off with the exodus of the Jews in Egypt and how they leave Egypt and how they get out of Egypt and how they travel and they come to Matan Teda, etc. And now the ending talks about concealment, the hidden Mishkan. It's covered by the Nanya Kovit, by the Shkina. And only in the next Chumash, Vayikra al Mesha, does Mesha finally get called into the Elmaid. Until then, he was told not to enter. If Mendel Futafas, the very strong, great Chassid, brought the previous Rebbe and the Rebbe, 
And we've spoken about him previously, how he sat in prison in Siberia for many years. Someone once asked him, how did you overcome? How did you survive those prison days? And he told him, I will tell you a mashal. In the olden days, there were many, many different crafts, like there are today, many different jobs that people can hold. Today, there's a little twist to this type of job, actually, where one would be called a taxi driver. Today they're called a... You can, have an, you can become an Uber driver, you can become a Lyft driver, you can become etc., etc., all the myriad of companies that opened up. But in Tachlis, if you want to say in Hebrew, in Yiddish, you're called a Balagala. Balagala. The man, the man, the master of the wagon. Wagon drivers. Now, each, la- each one of these jobs, of course, require skills. You can't just drive a taxi without a CDL license. Please Google uh, DMV and look up CDL and you'll figure out what that's all about. Um, well, to become a Balagala, you also have to have skills. How do you deal with the horses, with the wagons, with the straddling, with the putting on and everything else? listen. Without cannon. No. The young Balagala that came along and said, I want to become a Balagala. I want to learn. And he went to the experts in the union and he applied. And he paid for his education. And the senior Balagala decided after he was ready to ride, to have some fun, poke some fun at him, and they gave him a, an oral test. They asked him, what happens if the wheel breaks, the axle breaks? And he thought, and he thought, and he remembered, and he told them, what happens if the horse gets untamed, starts jumping, veering off to the wrong direction? And he thought and thought and he remembered and he thought and he answered. No, he passed the test of flying colors and they decided they're going to have one more poke fun of him and they said, what happens if the horse drags you into a wire, into, into a, 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 a quicksand? He drags you off into quicksand and the axle breaks and the horse is stuck up to his neck and you're sinking quick, what do you do? Balagala, the young Balagala decided he's going to answer this one quicker than the others. Says, of course, I'll jump off the ho- wagon. I'll run to the front of my horse and laugh. He says, why would you laugh? He says, if I cry, it's going to help. So Mendel said he always kept positive. By always keeping positive, we think he would have thought, that very train of thought, that if I cry, what would that help? That's what kept him through the day. And we had a Shavuot this week. I've told these stories already this week, but I feel they're very potent and pertinent to the Pasha. Tavshin Lamed Zayin, Lamed Ches, excuse me. 
the Rebbe suffered a severe heart attack during Simchas Teira. We spoke about this Shkedish Kislev. And I thought this is a different, I thought it was a different, I wasn't here, so I could not tell you. I remember the story that a doctor had come into the Rebbe by the office, but the, the story that I read this week was actually the doctor approached the Rebbe by Fabrengen. The Rebbe would speak by Fabrengen without any notes, of course, for hours on end. And speaking is very, very trious, trying. And it's exhausting. Not when you're speaking for a small little thing. Speak for 10, 20 people, it's nothing. Speaking for hundreds of people, thousands of people. Even though you have the mic system and everything else, it's just very, very pressuring. Although the Rebbe's voice apparently was very, very well trained, the Rebbe never got hoarse. As the Rebbe spoke on for hours. In between Sikhs, in between the talks, there would be a Nigan. Chassidim would sing a Nigan. And during the time of the Nigan, Chassidim would say the Chaim. The Rebbe would answer the Chaim of the Bracha. One of the doctors of the Rebbe was sitting next to the Rebbe. And he observed how the Rebbe was exerting himself during the Sikha. So when the Sikha had finished and the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was saying the Chaim to the Chassidim, the Zetzinger Nigan, it wasn't quiet. It was quite loud, all the Chassidim singing together. And the Rebbe shook his head and encouraged the crowd to sing even louder and stronger and more ex- with more fervor, it got even louder. The chassidim was singing, and the doctor leaned over and told the Rebbe, the Rebbe needs to be careful. He shouldn't exert himself so. He could chas- he's got a 35% chance of chas recurring. And the Rebbe didn't pay any heed to the doctor. He totally ignored him. The doctor wanted to make sure he got his point across. He said again, Rebbe, if you don't take it easy, you have a 35% chance Hashem this recurs. And again, there was no reaction. Finally, he put his hand on the Rebbe's arm to get the Rebbe's attention. And he said, Rebbe, do you hear what I'm telling you? The Rebbe turned around with a semi-smile and he said to him, I heard you tell me that there's a 65% chance this will never happen again. After Fabregen, the Rebbe called in one of the secretaries and told him to ask this doctor to no longer come. This doctor should no longer treat him because he has negative attitude. One needs to be positive. And we see the end of, the, of Shemais. Although the covering of the Ananim, of the Shechina, and the enclosure, one needs to keep the positive of this, of the Shechina accepting his Dira B'Tachtenim, his dwelling in this world. 
Another very, very poignant point between the end and the beginning of Shemais, which we said many times. At the end of Chumash Shemais, we have a very interesting story. After the repetition of everything that went on, which we're going to discuss, the building of the Mishkan, the nations, etc., we discussed last week as well from Ayakel. After all said and done, and everything is put together, the walls are put together, the Bihatichin going through all the beams, someone had to stand this thing up. Yes, I know, we told the, the joke of the airplane. So, if you don't know it, you don't remember it, you didn't hear it, go search it in the archives. Someone had to stand this up. And there was nobody capable of that. So Moshe turned to Hashem, to Hashem and says, Yezvos, now what? Hashem told Moshe, pick it up. Moshe obviously didn't understand that. I should pick this up. They said, put your hand to it. It will lift up. And Moshe puts his hand to it, Ki'ilu, he was going to lift it, and the whole thing rose up by itself. Chumash Shemais begins with another miraculous hand, which is the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu, baby Moshe, floating in the Nilos, and the miraculous arm of Batya Baspare as her arm stretches to bring in and to save the floating baby Moshe. Which, of course, as we realize and know, is the beginning of the salvation of Messiah. So again we see the hand that had no way of doing what it had to do, but nonetheless tried and made an effort and by making the effort, Hashem said, I will help you complete. And this is again is the the beginning and the end of Shemais. The lesson. Put your hand to it, and Hashem will help you complete it. We said this as well once before. Chumash Shmeis has another Chumash Pash Pekudei has another phenomenon. At the end of Pekudei, at the end of every Pash, actually, At the end of every parsha, the Chacham or whoever it was that put this together told us how many psukim there are in that parsha. Parsha is very key, if you remember. He didn't say psukim; he said the words. We translate. Yes, told us how many words. 
and we explain that it's because it has to do with Hanukkah, etc. At the end of Pekude, it doesn't say anything in many Chumashim. Many Chumashim, it doesn't say what, uh, it says how many Psukim, and it also is given a simon, a posik, a, a phrase or something, which is the numerical value that equals to the Psukim. Excuse me, at the end of Pekude, there was nothing for many, many years, many generations of Chumashim. And the question was asked by, to many, many different sages of generations, and nobody knew why. When the question was asked to the Rebbe, the Rebbe found it very humorous, actually. He said, and he said, I'm really giving a class. I'm in the middle of giving a class. There's a class online now. I'm online after 10. After 10, I'll call you. And Rebbe said, this is a mistake from the Bach of the Zetzer. The Bach of the Zetzer was the one that was in charge of the printing. And when the printing came out, he was proofreading it. And he came to the end of Parsh Pekudei, 92 Psukim, and it said, Beli Kol Simen. Which translates, without, has no Simen. However, Beli Kol, Beis Lamed Yud, is 42. Kol is 50, which is 92. Belikol is the numerical value 92, which is how many psukim there are in Pashat Pekudei. And therefore, for generations, they wrote the simon for Pekudei, for the psukim, and 92 psukim is Belikol. But the Bach of the Zetzer decided that the translation to that is that there's no simon here. And because there's no simon, that's why he didn't put any simon. There's only when the Rebbe was made of this again, they realized they had to write the words Blikol at the end of Mukudei as the simon for the 92 psukim. I've, th- I've told this over already also of the professor, the big professor, big absent minded professor that was taking a permit test for driving for a license. And um, one of the questions were, if the sign says road ends ahead, what does it mean? In the beginning he thought, it's a a, misspell, misprint. And you say road dents. So it must be, there's like uh, rodents running in the road there. He could not fathom what road ends are. And ultimately, the time expired on the test, and he couldn't finish the test, because he didn't know what road ends were. So whereas it's a simple explanation, road ends ahead, 
he was reading it that there are some, a concept or something called road ends and they're up ahead. So the same happens with the Belichol Simon and therefore for many prints of Chumash there was no Simon at all because the Bachadazetsa decided that it means that there is no Simon. Like to talk about Chadish other as well. Let's first focus a little more on the Pasha now. Pasha discusses the erection of the Mishkan. On Yom Hashmini Limiluim, for seven days they were erecting, putting together, putting everything together. On the eighth day now this was sanctified. And this, as we know, is Rishchidish Nisan. Hukam HaMishkan. The Mishkan was established, set up. And the Pasuk tells us exactly how Moshe did it. Put the Kalim, he put all the vessels into the Mishkan. Started to do the work and everything that was involved for each one of the vessels. And then it says a generalization. It talks about four different vessels. This is in chapter 40, verse 22 through 29. Perik mem, chavbeis biz chavtes. First of the vessels mentioned, hasholchan. The table. Pasuk says, v'yitnas hasholchan ba'yomed, v'yarachalav erech lechem v'nei avaya. They set up the sholchan, and they put the breads. The second is the Meneda. The Pasuk again says, Again, it was placed in the Meneda. And the candles went up before God. Then there's the Mizbeach Hakatides, which is the inner altar. The gold one was put into the Meneda. They acted all of Ketiris Samim, and again Ketiris Samim were brought upon it. And finally, Mizbeach Ha'ilah, the altar on the outside of Nechashas, of copper. Mizbeach Ha'ilah, some Pesach Mishkan El-Meid, was placed by the Pesach Mishkan El-Meid, the doorway, Vayalal of Sa'ilah, Vesamincha, and they brought on it the Ailah and the Mincha. Rashi takes the third thing, Mizbeach Akhtedes. And he says, Mizbeach Akhtedes. He says, the, takes the words, Vayakter Olav Akhtedes. And they brought upon it Akhtedes. And he explains, Shachris Ve'arvis. Akhtedes were brought on this in the morning and in the evening. Kumar like it says in the Pasuk, Babaykir, Babaykir. When they do the Nedes, Sababaker, meaning in the morning, is one time, and Bativas and as we know, was when they cleaned out the Nedes in the morning. That's when the Ketedes were brought, and also in the evening. What's Rashi trying to tell us? The fact 
that Ketelis were brought twice and not once. We see it in the Pasuk. Back in the Tzavah, it said, Does it twice. That's one time. And then, When he lights the Menera, in the evening, he should again bring up Ketelis. So we learn it from the times that the Menera was worked on, was done, the Aveda of the Menera. And we see clearly that it was done twice. Why is Rashi reiterating here that Mechamash Mika remembers from a few short short passages back in Tetzaveh that it was done in the morning and the evening? Well, first of all, there are those that have a different print of Rashi. And it doesn't say Vayakta Olav Ketedis. But rather, we acted all of Arin. Therefore, we understand what's Rashi trying to tell us. A tremendous chiddush here. Everything here that was done was done through Moshe. The entire dedication of the tabernacle was done through Moshe Rabbeinu. However, the incense was brought by Aaron. And therefore Rashi brings the Pasuk, Vihikdir Alot Aaron, Uvahalis Aaron. Thing is though that the Ramban already wrote, maybe it's a mistake. He writes, Ulai Toy Seifimu. Tura Oroch writes a little correction on the Ramban. And he says, no, let's not leave, leave out the word Ulai. Toy from it's a mistake. And we see according to the continuation of the Pesachim, everything here was done solely by Moshe. And it talks all about the work of Mesha himself. He didn't give out. He didn't um, delegate anyone else to do any work. And we see that Ashi continues the same way. Although it was the day day of the Miluim, Shuhu Yem. This is the day that the Mishkan was set up. Meshe did all the Aveda, and he brought up Kabane Sibur. Except for Aaron was commanded that day. So here we see clearly that also the Ketanus Meshe brought up, not Aaron. Therefore, what we must say then in that case, what Rashi is trying to tell us here is not that Aaron did it, this part of the Aveda. The fact that it's talking about this special day, the Chanukah Samishkan, 
And therefore, Moshe is the one that did all the Avedis in the Mishkan, not Aaron. So therefore, we would think that also Vayakter, the meaning of the Ketedis, was only done once. Since Moshe was only showing how each and every job was done. So therefore, he only needed to bring the Ketedis once. Therefore, Rashi says to us, no. The intention here is to teach us that the full Aveda was done, regular scheduled program of the Shachris and Arvis dictators were brought. That case, we're almost settled. But we still have to figure out why didn't Rashi preface this? And explain by the case, by the Menera. Why does he wait for the third thing? The Menera said, the Mizbech Akhtedes. The Menera was mentioned already prior. And the Pasuk says, Vayal Hanedes. And from there we learn, Vayal Hanedes, before Vayakhtedes al Akhtedes. The Nedes were done before the Akhtedes, which was Shachris. And Arabis. From here we see it's talking here about the halos hanedas that were in the morning. The fact of the work with the Meneda, which was done in the morning, which before the Khtedas were brought. However, the Seder Aveda that was usual when it came to lighting the Meneda is in the morning they would clean out the Meneda. Says in the passage, when he was cleaning the Menera. What's a Tiva? He explains, They cleaned out from the wicks that were left over from overnight that was burning all the night, all night long, and they cleaned this every morning. And then they filled it up again, set it up, and it only was lit in the evening. And the Pasik says clearly, Evening time, the Minera was lit, and it stayed lit overnight. When it says, why did it say Va'alis, it explains that he had to wait until the flame actually rose up. He didn't just light it and let it wait until the the flame, and then just go to the next one. Each one, as he literally had to wait till the flame was fully risen. And this way it burned from the evening till the morning. If that's the case, just like when he came to Ketadus Ketadus, and Rashi learns out to explain the reason that the whole Kavana was both for Ketadus of Shachas and Ketadus of Arviz, that both sacrifice, both burning of incense, the morning and the evening was done, like the regular full day schedule. Same thing you should talk about the Meneda. When it talks about the Tavas Haneda, you should say that the Meneda was also done, both the morning and evening job were done. So 
So what's the reason in that case? He only brings the Ketaris Ketaris and not the Mineta. Now the truth is you can answer on a very, very simple basis. There was no Mineta to clean out. There was nothing burning the night before. The morning job for the Mineta was to clean it out. Well, burnt overnight. But this being the first day of lighting the Mineta, there was nothing to clean out in the morning. So we can leave that in a simple explanation. But the truth is that the difference between Actaris Ketaris and Lahalis Hanedes is already found in the commandment B'tzivoy Hashem Lameshah. The commandment that God gave Moshe on the order Al Seder Hakomas Hamishkan Vikalov. Which again in chapter forty, verse one, Vedic Mem Pazakalov. But when it came to the lighting of the Mineta, it says clearly Vavasa Vavasa and see to it that its candles go up. But on the Ketanus it says, it doesn't say clearly how and what has to be done. Just when the Satasam is Be'achazov, is Be'achazov, the Ketanus, if they are in Aedus. Just that the Mizbeachazov had to be placed inside the Kedish, in front of the Kedish Kedush, in front of the Yimunate, and in front of the Arun. And it doesn't say that you have to put the Ketanus on it. The actual incense. The same is also, of course, when it comes to the Shulchan and the Mizbeach Ha'ilah. By the Shulchan it says clearly, and you have to bring the Shulchan and set up on the Shulchan. You set up all the breads. The Mizbeach Ha'pnimi, it only says bring in the Mizbeach. It doesn't say what had to be done on the Mizbeach. Mashaikin. Mizbeach Achitzin, it talks about the Eil and the Mincha. The reason is very simple. The commandment that God gave Mesha. were only things that he had to tell him that were new situations, were chiddush. Things that had to do especially with that day. For example, Hakamas HaMishkan. The setting up of the Mishkan. Things that were normal jobs, that were normal happenings, circumstances, to me, them kisidran, we knew already how to do it. Mm-hmm. Mentioned already. Didn't have to be mentioned here again. Therefore, Moshe was told about how to set up the Shulchan. Varachta Esarche. 
Because this is a special Chiddush. According to the Seder Aveda, the regular Seder Aveda, the setting up of the Shulchan, the Lechem Apanim, was only done on Shabbos. This day, though, the dedication of the Mishkan was Sunday. So therefore, he needed a special commandment to tell him to put Rachta Sarachai. Because this is a special Chiddush. Different from the regular way that the Shulchan was usually set up. And this is also the reason that he's commanded clearly about the Meneda. Because as we said before, when does the Meneda have to be brought up? By Ben Abayim, by the evening. And in the morning we only clean it out. Here is a Chiddush. It was different. Mesha lit the Meneda in the morning. And therefore he had to be told specially. As I mentioned before, that this would have been the simple answer for the Meneda. Hayyayis the Meneda, it wasn't used before. So the morning's Aveda of cleaning it out was not relevant. So therefore the Chiddush is that he was told to use it, to do it, that the lighting was in the morning, not the, the, which usually was the cleaning. And therefore he had a special commandment for Elisa's Nereza. Now we understand everything. The difference, like it says before, Rashi, that the Ktaras Ktaras were morning and evening. And usually the Menera lit before that. This doesn't come into play. Because when it talks about the Yal Hanedes, which is the second thing of the four, the idea is because this was out of the ordinary. This is being done on a Sunday or in the morning. Therefore, at least it's not a cell. Rashi does not have to add anything to this. Therefore, he says, was the morning and in the evening, the regular way. Because the Pasik then continues and says, Again, we need explanation. What was the idea of the Ketetis? It wasn't commanded to mention the Opasha. Therefore, Rashi has to tell us clearly that the bringing of the Ketetis is talking about here, it's not a special Kiddush. Unlike the Meneda and the Shulchan, it's different. It's the regular Ketetis that were brought daily in the morning and the evening. So Rashi therefore brings up the point, After Rashi says all this, so now we understand that and the Minchan which is the fourth thing, and this also is not mentioned in our Pasha, so it's understood that this is in the regular order. You know, we go through this whole rigmarole, this whole cheshvin. Moshe did all the Avedas.
And we even get to a medish that says that Mesha was actually almost jealous of his brother. Mesha was taken away, the kahuna was taken away from him. And although he was a levi, he was given now the task of doing the Rigvaveda of the Mishkan. Everything in order to teach everybody exactly what has to happen, how it has to be done. And then Aaron took his jobs. So we almost depict Moshe as a regular human being. The human being with the weakness, the human being with the wants, the wants of of, uh, honor, the wants of doing things that people should look at him. We need to make a reality check. Meish Rabbeinu was the Nasi of the Deir. Meish Rabbeinu had Shekhinah Medaberes Meser Greinay. The Shekhinah spoke from within his throat. When he said words of Teda and wisdom, this was words of the Teibish themselves speaking through his throat. This is a man that was born to a mother and father, but yet the main part of each and every Jew is the Neshama. And his Neshama came from such a high source. Meisha, we said, we spoke about the end of Kisisa had to put on a mask because people could not look at his face. His face shone with such a glow of spirituality. And yet we depict Mesha as a human being. As the regular person that got angry, the regular person that people got angry at. We learn later that the people used to Dabr Melech says, Taylor brings it down. People would sit and talk about Moshe all day. If he came out of his tent too early, oh, he's up to something no good. If he came out of his tent a little later, oh, he was planning something no good. They, they just didn't, they were relentless. So when it comes to the beginning of Yaviyu as a Mishkan al Mesha, they brought the entire Mishkan and its Caleb and everything to Mesha. This is chapter thirty-nine, verse thirty-three, the Matas Pasuk Gimel, and Rashi explains what does it mean they brought it to him. Lay asa Mesha shum melacha b'Mishkan. Mesha did nothing in the Mishkan. We just spoke about all the service that he did, but the service on the first, on the eighth day, by the by the dedication, but for the preparations for the work, nothing. Why did he not do anything? Simply, he wasn't told to. He wasn't told to do anything. He didn't do anything. 
But still in all, the fact that Mesha did not take part of any of the Malacha, even though it was not commanded, what he was commanded to do was to teach the Jews. To teach them every little fact, every minute fact of the Mishkan and how it had to be done, and what had to be done. Meishir Abeinu. Granted, he was not given mundane work to do, he was not given work, physical work, physical labor. But he was told to teach and to make sure everybody knows. What does that teach us? The Melechah Samishkin, as it may be, the work in the Mishkin, comes about also from the spiritual work of each and every Jew. Just as in the Mishkan, the physical Mishkan, the Jews did physical things, gold, silver, copper. The same also, the person needs to make a Mishkan, a dwelling place for God from everything physical that a person owns. Kimasoi, Umasne, every physical, every mundane thing that a person owns and has, one needs to use and utilize for the service of God. We have those that don't. Because what they do is they sit and learn Tera. They don't have the actual going out and doing the physical labors and man- managing to do everything. And this is why in the Yem it talks about how the Baal Malacha was envied in that you have a constant opportunity to see godliness. A constant time, a constant day in and day out basis do you see godliness mm-hmm. and how God's hand works. Whereas the person that's a Yeshiv Eil and sits and learns Tater all day doesn't have that. He's sitting and learning Tater. They have nothing to do with the physical world. Meshir Abenu, his whole thing was to learn Tater. Therefore, he was not obligated to do anything in the Mishkan. But still, in all, we have to know that he had an obligation, just like Meshir had an obligation although not physically commanded to do work, physical labor, but commanded to teach to those that are going to do the work. Same also the Talmud Chacham today cannot just sit by himself, but he needs to reach out and see to it that he emanates the Tera, and that he passes it on and he impresses everyone with the Tera. and teaches them how to act and how to behave.
When the Pasuk begins, the Pasha begins, Eina Pekunei Mishkan, Shepukar Apimeshe, Betzal, and it mentions the people, the workers. Why repeat again everything here? Why now reiterate the names of the workers? It says already prior to this, and even more so, the Pasuk stops between Eile Pekudeh Mishkan to call Zohar V'chesef Pekudeh If already it was needed to bring down the names, should have done so before. Before saying Eile Pekudeh. Not after all enumerating all the Cheshbenes. But rather the reason that the people were named here the Pekida, these people that were given these jobs was through Mesha. In the beginning of our Pasha, the Mishkan is called Mishkan HaEdus. What was the Edus? It was an Edus, it was a testimony to the Jews that the Almighty forgave them for Mesa Eagle. So the Mishkan should have been Shaykh to the Jews. It was their properties, their donations. Because it's supposed to be Eidus to Yisrael, to the whole Jewish nation. The worker that does the job, he has some um, some connection here. He's the master of the work. So the work is named after him. The artist's work. Even though the Jews gave the gold, the silver, and everything else they gave, but the work ultimately was done through Betzal and Aliyah. And once the work was done through them, the Jews lost a little bit of their ownership. And therefore it was called on the name of Betzal and Aliyah. So therefore Meisha needs to Yifkid Meisha is called Pekudeh Mishkan to enumerate this all. Because through this Pula of Meisha through his uh, his dedication, his devotion, his direction as the Nasi Yisrael, and the Nasi Haddad of the entire generation, the Melech Yisrael, that Libay Lev called Kahal Yisrael, so therefore the Hispaulas of Mesha were the outcomes of the Mishkan. And this was Shaykh to Betzal Eliyav to be the Nichsei Hader for the entire generation. Now the truth is, Mishkin also comes from the word Mashkin. A collateral. The collateral, the security, the posit here, and the repetition that we find now by repeating everything that went on, talking about the Migdash, the Holy Temple, this was taken a collateral for the destruction of the two temples. But here the Pasik talks about the constru- not the construction of the future but the Migdash, but then being taken as a security the two destructions 
but we're talking about the existence. You're referring to the destruction, we're talking about the existence. Which teaches us the perpetual existence of the Migdash, of the Mishkan, of the base of Migdash. What's a, a deposit? A security deposit has to stay intact. After all said and done, the security deposit given back in one whole piece. So too here, if the Mishkan was, the base of Migdash was a security deposit, a Mashkin, it had to be given back like it was before. So although it was destroyed. But since this is a security, therefore it exists constantly. Where does the Mishkan, where does this Migdash, Ma'at, exist constantly on a constant basis within each and every one of us? And this is therefore the security that we give as people, as nation of Hashem, and we give, therefore, the security that we will always keep alive, we will always keep existing. The Teda, Teda Akdesha, Migdash, Adnai, Kenu Yadecha. And therefore, this very Shabbos we will merit to see the actual construction, the actual building, and we will be in Yerushalayim, Mirakedesh, with the Simcha of Chedesh, Pur of Chedesh, Adar, and we will all call out together. Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek, Shabbat Shalom to all.